0: Hang on! Hang on! Fight! <laughs> Welcome to this My PEA podcast. We've got a voicemail from our best friend Jonathan Leonard about the Absolutely Bills Mood episode. Take it, John.
1: Hey Greg, this is Jonathan. Uh, got done listening to your Absolutely Bills go Absolute Bills Mood or Absolutely Bills Mood, whichever. Couple of things. Uh, I always misheard the uh chorus. I always thought it was my room's uncomfortably small with rubber lining the walls and almost made it seem more insane because he was singing with fondness about how uncomfortably small the room is. But comfortably small makes a lot of sense. Also, you missed uh, a shot to work in a Simpsons reference, which I know you usually love. I always thought that that drum part, not the not the do do doo part uh, with the thank yous, But that first part always made me think of uh, the uh, bit of uh, you don't win friends with salad. So if you want, you can insert a clip of that right here. So sorry for making you do more work. Have a good day, Greg. Bye.
0: You and me both know I will never miss a chance to put in a Simpsons clip.
2: Dad, can't you have some other kind of party? One where you don't serve meat?
0: But all normal people love
3: meat. If I went to a barbecue and there was no meat, I would say, Yo, Goober, where's the meat? I'm trying to impress people here, Lisa. You don't win friends with salad.
2: You don't win friends with salad. You don't win friends with salad.
3: You don't win friends with salad. 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 You friends
4: with
0: salad. I didn't mean to take sides, I just got caught up in the rhythm. Thanks, John, for calling. Anyone can call in to leave a message. It's 224-801-2930 or email me thoughts at thismightbeapod at gmail.com. On with the episode. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with DC Pearson, who uh, you may have seen on screen uh, with uh, Derek Comedy on Community. Uh, He's also an author, all kinds of cool stuff. And we're going to talk about the song We're The Replacements off of the Don't Let Start EP and other places. So here we go. Hey, DC. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Greg. Yeah, man. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, and I, I think we've been chatting a bunch before the actual proper start of this episode. But w- uh, once again, I'm going to give uh, props to my friend uh, Matt Rivero, who hosts, as, as he would say, a much less productive They Might Be Giants podcast called Giants Confirmed. Uh, he, he saw, you he tweeted, uh, new They Might Be Giants dropped. And it's a link to this New York Times article. Titled "Meet the Sea Slugs That Chop Off Their Heads and Grow New Bodies," and Matt, Matt, Matt said, "DC, go on. This might be a pod, and uh, here we are." So thanks, man. So wait, that guy has his
5: own "They Might Be Giants" podcast, and yet he diverted me to a different "They Might Be Giants" podcast. That yeah. is uh, extremely altruistic or self sabotaging. I'm not sure which.
0: He's one. amazing. We've we've collaborated actually. He we've done oh, a cro- awesome. we've done crossover episodes. I went on nice. He just does album by album, and I think they're just through Factory Showroom. They've only done like seven episodes total, while this is going to be episode, I believe, 125. So (laughs) uh, I was on their Factory Showroom episode, and then they came on episode on this song called Send Surround, which is a B-side from the album that was on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie soundtrack. (laughs) <laughs> amazing oh wow yeah so th- that's so th- thanks, cool man. that's great you gotta love that like that's the original that
5: the original power rangers movie
0: yeah uh from 90 wow. 97 or whatever yeah yeah the, yeah, yeah Mm-hmm. amazing gr- i saw that in theaters it's it's a great song i'm not sure what scene in the movie it plays in or whatever it's credits i'm not sure it's a it's great the, song it yeah. was the
5: 90s it didn't have to be in the movie to be on the soundtrack it was all just media companies just had a ton of money to burn they were like physical media will never go away this is great money for everybody a little money for you a little money over there fantastic it, for, you know it was a beautiful thing
0: <laughs> for example right around that same time uh they uh wrote the song dr evil which was in the beginning uh credits of the spy who shagged me the austin powers movie i just did an episode Whoa. on that <laughs> yeah. how about that when it has the star wars scroll It's Uh it's playing. They might be giants, though. It's fronted by um, Robin Goldwasser, who's John Flansburgh's wife, is the one singing it. So you might not be like, oh, that's they might be giants, but it's a super cool kind of James Bond uh, pastiche. Anyway, um, so you're in the biz, man. (laughs) Capital T, capital B. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I actually just uh, rewatched Mystery Team, which, uh, yeah. And while I was trying to find, there are some clips up online i was trying to find something with good audio uh, uh people may or may not know you came up with uh, a, a guy some people might have heard of his name's donald glover uh who is kind of doing okay for himself now a little you bit know? yeah he's yeah. doing all
5: right he's sort of car- <laughs> carving a little bit of a path
0: yeah with uh, uh Derek. You know, Derek, Comedy, can what is the name what? Why, why is it called Derek comedy? Because I don't. I don't um, know. It is called Derek comedy
5: because, um, so it's a, actually a five-person group. It's myself, Donald Glover, Dominic durkus Dan Ekman, and Meggie McFadden, and um, we were. I think like when the name first came about it was myself donald and dominic we're going to do like a three on three uh improv tournament at at ucb theater Mm -hmm. and um we were just like well we all three have d names so we need another d name and we were like derek is we basically were like Uh. derek is funny like it's a kind of a funny name or sort of can sound like sort of I think what we basically said was like it can sound sort of like a dumb guy basically okay okay um and then we were in a meeting one time telling this exact story and then I think we were all like we suddenly realized we couldn't remember the n- name of the guy that we were meeting with and we were like i think it might be derek and i think we just said like <laughs> derek can sound like a dumb <laughs> like a dumb guy name somet- sometimes and so uh thankfully i think his name was like devin or something but um yeah but yeah so it was so uh, yeah uh anyway that was it's as simple as that but then um so the three of us were like writer performers in the group and then dan uh was like the film uh director and also writer and then maggie was the like producer of the films and also writer so Mm -hmm. um and we the reason that comedy got appended to it is because we had already started shooting some videos and this was back when literally the only outlet for like sketch videos on the internet was like well stella which was a post oh. the state group had, Oh, okay um, this I is now i'm stella. talking about like now i'm talking about deep venn diagrams with they might be giants fandom um yeah uh uh had like some quick times of their of their <laughs> videos up on their website stella shorts i think.com so and good. so it was like oh well we should put we should like save up money to like host our videos on our own website or whatever, I guess. And then YouTube came out. And so we, we basically just were like, Oh, we should just put them on YouTube. But there wasn't a lot of like really different genres of content of stuff on YouTube. And so we put comedy in the name so that people would know it was comedy. So I've compared it to like, putting band in your title to let people know like it's a it's music right which it just it sounds very weird now to have like comedy in the gr- name of your group that's <laughs> a comedy group but
0: well Stella's a weird name for a comedy group too uh god yeah I love those guys that's too and and yeah going through especially a lot of your uh, the older dare comedy stuff uh just like man this is right in that vein of comedy that I love just like this absurd like non sequitur kind of stuff that is just, I don't know, it, re- it <laughs> really speaks to me. Like, I don't know, I'm just reminded of this one scene on Stella when they had their Comedy Central show for a season or whatever. And it was like, um, hey, we should we should hang out. Did you say hang out? No, I said we should hang owls. We should hang wooden owls in the kitchen or whatever. It's just like the, st- <laughs> the dumbest shit that is just so... So funny, yeah. But you gotta—I don't know.
5: There's something I, I, there. Is. <laughs> Silliness is very underrated, I, I think. You know.
0: And mystery team came. Uh, what was it? 2010. Wait, 2010. Yep, that's yeah. T- late 2009, 2010, I think. And I should
5: say, by way of context for the video, or that the premise of the movie is that it's three uh, like Encyclopedia Brown style kid detectives who are like super wholesome. And they, uh, it's time for them to grow up because now they're in high school, um, but they're still kind of clinging to their, their childish ch- kid detective ways. And so to prove to themselves in the town that they can still do it as grownups, they take it upon themselves to solve a double murder and yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> hijinks ensue.
0: I think I got a good enough audio of, of holding my phone up to oh, my <laughs> speak, speakers for the scene in Mystery Team where uh, you have a fight on the uh baseball diamond you and donald glover yes and uh i, I just labeled it here in my notes here the the scene so we're gonna listen to that i don't think it gives away any spoilers really so let's check that out shut
3: up well excuse me for thinking the disabled can be helpful everyone laughs
5: at us you want to make it a career well good luck I only kept doing this because I thought we were friends, but friends don't leave you with crazy knife wielding drug pushers in the middle of the night. Hey,
3: knife fights, dead bodies, close grapes. That's real detective stuff. You're not a real detective, Jason. Everyone's right about you. You're pathetic. Take that back. Don't push me, jerk. <laughs>
6: Cinnamon sticks. Ah, Chinese
3: checkers. Fuck! (gasps) Yeah, that's right. I've been saying fuck, going in the backyard and trying it out.
5: It's pretty great. You stay away from me. You know what? I will. Come on, Charlie.
6: Fine. I don't need you. I don't need either of you. I can do this by
0: myself. chinese checkers you know it's like <laughs> fuck <laughs> i've been practicing in the backyard <laughs> fantastic uh, and then um there was a uh derek comedy short you guys put out on uh, i believe college humor uh, around then you actually promote the you mentioned the movie at the beginning but it's uh, you play thomas jefferson yes and (laughs) i'm gonna find something in particular i'm I'm not sure exactly what i'm gonna play from that one yet but do do you want to set up that uh oh yeah (laughs) so basically the premise is that um uh uh,
5: founding father thomas jefferson it turns out is still alive and is fronting a like sort of like kind of jammy like yacht rock (laughs) band that would play in like a um uh not even they're not even they don't I think the original intention was yacht rock but I think when we went to actually do it we were doing it with some guys um Casey treyla and Will Donegan and John Mackey I think who's is also like in in comedy now we're like actually playing the band and it kind of ended up being a little more kind of like bar kind of like blues rock sort of a thing right uh and so yeah, it turns out that Thomas Jefferson is still alive and playing in this band, and <laughs> he may be dropping hints about, like, the fabric of, of space-time, but he's very <laughs> coy. He's playing very coy about it. Yeah, um, people want to know, how are you still alive? Um, how is this possible? I just want to talk about my music. Oh,
7: Jefferson claims that he only reemerged to promote his light rock band, Thomas Jefferson and the Sail Away Boys.
5: First time I saw the guys was a hotel bar in Florida. I was there for inscrutable reasons. It would only make sense to an ageless being. But what I was really taken aback by was these guys there just laying down some of the smoothest
3: jams probably ever. I mean, they'd really, like, work themselves up into just, like, a real honeyed funk, you know?
7: Your reappearance has caused many Major religions to
3: reevaluate their whole belief structure. I mean, Catholicism, for example. Fuck me, right? Are you guys hearing this out there? Jerry is getting into
5: some really hot licks. It's just like peeling them off one after the other. How many licks do you want? Carving it off the bone, you know?
7: Though Jefferson's survival is mystery enough, he continues to hint at larger, stranger matters.
3: And on vocals, traveling through infinite revolutions of time until he finds the critical inconsistency. Yours truly, Thomas Jefferson.
6: Do an original song from his time period from the 1700s.
7: That would be great.
5: Yeah, oh yeah, we we could do that. Or I could tell you whether or not time is linear.
3: Is it linear? Or is it cyclical? Because it seems like it's cyclical from what you've been saying.
5: Well, if you think those are the only two options.
7: All right. Keep playing
0: on. It's great. There, there's another uh musical related sketch I found of you I hadn't seen before. Um where it's a skit about you auditioning for the Saturday Night Live band. <laughs> I don't know
5: if I even remember
0: that one. With uh let's see, it's got um Amy Mann and uh Andy oh, Kindler. Yeah, yeah. So it's um
5: <laughs> it's actually it's a I think that's the Postal Service auditions, right? So it's to it's I think it's like maybe i'm wrong
0: but like there was Um, a it's labeled snl band audition this is g gmmg films grinning man media group and they're talking about how you have to laugh behind the host no matter how bad the host is yeah yeah, yeah.
5: this was this was a different thing yeah so it was in the sort of same kind of like um tom sharpling the best show extended universe um uh i think that was uh daniel ralston and and uh, produced and and, and oh yeah that, i think yeah, i'm and seeing it was, that name yeah part. so basically mm-hmm. it was yeah the the basically all about less about music and more about just like yeah having to stand <laughs> behind the host and and yeah that was really really fun Andy Ki- i think andy kindler's in that it yeah. is so mm-hmm. great in that yeah, yeah totally. that was a blast that was a, such a hoot yeah i totally forgot about that one there was a different <laughs> one about auditioning to be in the postal service that i think oh, Andy was also
0: in it i was. gotta find that one i know oh yeah they love the postal service <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah you're, you, but yeah and this way you're holding a pretty sick looking bass guitar there so i was wondering do you have a band
5: I don't have a band. No, I um have always been kind of mute like a lot of comedians. I've been very music adjacent my entire life. I love music, but I've never never taken the plunge. I played alto sax in middle school and a little bit in high school to get out of cuz you didn't have to do PE in middle school if you were in band, so I did band Oh instead. man. And, I would uh, have loved that.
0: I'm a band teacher actually. I'm a music teacher. Oh, nice. I teach beginning band fifth and sixth graders. That's awesome. Oh yeah. My one school, we don't have any saxes. The other one we got 3 of them. I don't really? know. They're small schools. They're they're both gotcha. r- rural Indiana schools, but th- that's awesome. But you do do some rapping, and you have appeared on uh, some childish Gambino tracks. Yeah, uh, that was kind of like early in the early in
5: again Donald. You know, like we were doing comedy stuff together, and he was sort of exploring the the music thing and being like, and it just the approach that he has kind of taken to everything his entire career where you'd be, he'd be like, "Yeah, I've been playing around with some like music stuff in, in on my computer. Like, and you'd be like, Oh, cool, cool, cool. And then he'd be like, I made a whole album and you'd be like, Oh, sweet. And then he'd be like, "Uh, I made another album. You know what I mean? It was just like insanely (laughs) prolific. And then you'd listen to it. You'd be like, this is super, good. This is great. And we were both really into to rap. So that was kind of my sort of like basically the equivalent of like playing acoustic guitar at a party like fooling (laughs) around. Yeah, (laughs) wrote like four different rap uh, verses that were appear on early childish Gambino stuff
0: vaguely embarrassing. Oh, um, nonsense. We're going to listen to one of them right now. <laughs>
4: uh,
0: I was going to play uh, off Different, Feel It All Around, unless there was another nice. one you wanted to play instead. No, that's that totally works. fine. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Childish Gambino featuring... You got a featuring credit, DC Pearson. Here we go.
3: Y'all know the name, no action, all flame. It's D to the C, no practice, all game. And not the game that your computer came installed with. So, digital lame twit, you are currently involved with. I'm the Derek I'm Boys, a bunch of crazy brothers like the Baldwins. Echo, motherfucker, you are just another dolphin. Hello, motherfucker, like I walked in on incest. Do it, motherfucker, talking does not impress us, man, us. It's all about us. Like them self-absorbed teen girls talking on a bus. We trust you to pay when we ask you to pay. Tell then chili peppers we give it away. I don't fuck the fans. I am not the industry, man. I hate it when the man comes between
5: you and me. I, don't
0: I found some bait, I appears to be just your your own stuff, right? i i I found one uh well, a couple of them. A song called It's a Shame. Yeah,
5: this is all like stuff that I did kind of around that time and then I had them kicking around for a couple years and then I put them out as like a bonus when I was um trying to promote this book uh, called Crap Kingdom that I wrote that came out in 2013.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep.
3: Walk into the party more colors than it's who can. D to the sea is really good. How are you, man? You even have to ask? I have never been better. Everybody else wears a mask like Vendetta. And your girlfriend wants me like a Red Jetta. If she keeps following me, I'm a deadheader. Call her Martian Mountains. When she wears a red sweater, I just got into her. Guess you were a trendsetter. Gifted. You're playing in the box that it comes in. Now if you wanna rock, bring the drums in Man, music used to have that certain something I'ma take you back like you turned into a pumpkin So punk with it Even got a snotty nose, catch the beat like Jake LaMotta catches body blows I did something bad, you could tell by the stairs But I ain't hit the track, it just fell down the stairs you know, like slapstick. Whoops, I'm sorry. I was just fantastic. But I'm not content. I keep making content. The type of shit to make you put your daughter in a convent. I know what she got that dangerous dress for. Because she fills it out like a change of a dress form. You walk through the peas to get
0: to Notice a Notice the first really uh, gonna... on this. It's a shame, YouTube. The first comment says, quote, is every member of Derek Comedy this awesome? And the <laughs> <laughs> example of a self-answering question. Oh, oh. That's very flattering. A, a nice example of YouTube commenters can be kind. <laughs> thank you, you, thank you YouTube commenter. I wanted to know about uh what what it was like being on uh community with uh, was your character Mark, I want to say?
5: Yes, Mark M- Mark Malo, I think. I, I honestly can't remember why he even had a last name. I think maybe it's because he <laughs> was a a reporter at like the the Greendale uh newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um and then we would come back periodically Um, myself and other members of Derek as like various little people in the periphery so each of us is in a couple of of episodes in, in, of, in roles of varying sizes I think we played the Greendale like improv team at one point and we had yeah. to like <laughs> Pierce had Chevy Chase's character had like hired us to it's such a funny idea like pitch him line basically it was like we're all going to have a like mystery science theater night where we just kind of make fun of bad movies and so he wants to come in like armed with funny lines in advance uh, which was just the just my favorite idea ever so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool to get to do that. I mean, it was really neat. I mean, it was the the Russo brothers uh, the uh, directing a lot of the episodes. And then my friend Dan, again from Derek, directed uh, an episode that that we were in about... Um, uh, I think he did the Pillow Fort one. And yeah, it was just super duper... Um, uh, it was really, really fun to get to be a part of that. I mean, what an ambitious, crazy, awesome show.
0: It's, it's one that I kind of caught... Uh here and there, as it was on uh it was as it was airing, and me and my wife had actually just talked about it. actually we should go make sure we've se- we've seen all of them and go watch it through now that that's you know binging is the way to do it. It seems like whenever we're watching more than two shows at once we're like we can't binge more than one drama and one comedy at the same time we got to get all the way through this, and then I, we can start i, the I next totally thing. I, I totally <laughs>
5: understand yeah, we have that as well. I think a lot of people do my wife and i have a we have a like we have our comedy slot and oh. our drama slot.
0: Right. Absolutely. Soon, as soon as we make it through these uh, the last three seasons of Seinfeld, then we'll be heading back to community. Uh <laughs>
5: Which is good. You got it. Those episodes of Seinfeld are very rare. You can't. They're not just on all the time.
0: You got to really. We don't have cable anymore. So it's really it's all this. You know, we're paying for Hulu. We might as well use Absolutely. it. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I definitely got to play. Um, so I, I was checking out your film reel and I didn't realize you had been on the Amazing Adult Swim show. N T S F S D S U V. SUV. <laughs> and there's a scene you have on your reel uh, opposite Martin Starr. Uh, yes. Who I, you know loved him since freaks and geeks uh, uh silicon valley uh a scene here with you uh as a um, bike you're like a bike rental guy or you're you're mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have anything else to set up for a play that oh one? not
5: particularly only it was really fun because martin star was because paul Shear's character on that show was like a super you know action movie you know, super aggro guy. And in this yeah. episode, it was like a face-off thing where Martin Starr then is now playing him. So that was fun to, uh, to be in right. a scene with Martin Starr, but like a scene where he's playing that type of guy was like, you know, was, was, was really fun.
6: Uh, bicycles, <laughs> like unicycles, except bears don't ride them.
5: Sam, what's up, my spirit brother? Ready to show the world that bikes are the future by riding 10 miles an hour through major city streets? Hey, I'm looking for a man. Handsome, intimidating, good hair. He looks like my dad. Oh, we still on for flute circle this weekend? It's like a drum circle, only less confrontational. God, no, I'm an alpha male. <laughs> that's funny. That's uh, that's the first time I've ever heard you be even close to funny. Nice work, Sam. Hey, stay in the bike lane. Lame or lame? Looks like you guys are gearing up. It's funny. I hope you schwinn. Thank you. That's
0: a lot of puns. Uh, and then I think probably the... the would you say the biggest name uh, thing you've been in is the Captain America, the Winter Soldier movie? I would say
5: so. Yeah, yeah. So that, w- again, it been sort of a a knock-on effect of doing um, community stuff because the Russo brothers, that was like the first Marvel uh, thing that they directed. Okay. And they've obviously sort of become or, be, you know, captains of that that era of... of uh marvel so that was really cool and then i recently did like an xbox commercial that was kind of a a a spin-off of that character to promote the falcon and the winter soldier oh i hadn't uh, i gotta find that that was cool yeah it's on if you go on like xboxes or i've retweeted it it's somewhere on there but okay uh, yeah but yeah that was i mean super duper a thrill to get to do and weirdly was just like for as like you said sort of the highest profile thing I've done was just an extremely low-key, fun, cool thing to to <laughs> get to do. The Russo <laughs> brothers create just like a very, for lack of a better term, just like a super cool, chill vibe, even though you're working on this giant production and just got to kind of like play around a little bit and, and it was really, really fun.
3: Can I help you guys with anything?
1: Oh, no, my fiance was just helping me with some honeymoon destinations.
5: Right, we're
0: getting married.
5: Congratulations. Where you guys thinking about going? New Jersey. Huh. I have the exact same glasses. Wow, you two are practically twins. Yeah, I wish. Specimen. <laughs> uh, if you guys need
0: anything, I've been Aaron. Thank you. Uh, you're part of the MCU now, man. That's, uh, that's big. Uh, so uh, tell us about um, how you got into uh, being an author. Um, I had always wanted to, I've
5: always really liked writing. And so, you know, I, I went to school for like TV and screenwriting. Um, but I'd always really wanted to write like prose stuff and, and, you know, was writing like short stories and stuff like that. And my friend, uh, Eliza Skinner, was like, um, you should write a book. I like your short stories. You should write like a longer thing. And I was like, I I would like to do that someday. And she just got really serious. And she was like, you know, a lot of people say that, but not a lot of people ever do it. Sure. And that appealed to the part of me that is like competitive, where now I'm competing against all these people who (laughs) say they're going to do it and and never do, and I'm going to do it. So... I, so there I, take that yeah I, I i uh wrote a manuscript and that became my book the boy who couldn't sleep and never had to and that ended up you know getting published which was super thrilling and then i wrote another one called crap kingdom that was a little more boy you couldn't sleep was as a little kind of like Ambliny, spielbergy coming of age sort of like suburban sci-fi adventure thing mm-hmm. that's geared a little more firmly towards like Teens and older. It's about teens, and so it's pretty. You know, it's like R-rated basically, if if, if books had ratings. Um, <laughs> and then I did Crap Kingdom, which is about a feels very they might be gianty universe to me <laughs> because it's about a kid who learns that he is the chosen one in a sort of like fantasy kingdom, you know, alternate dimension kind of Narnia place. And then he goes there, and he realizes that the the place that he's the chosen one of is just really shitty um and you know turns it down and then someone else gets offered the chosen one slot and then he's like wait a minute now i do actually want to be it be that you know again um sort of a grass is greener things and um r- yeah really super super proud of of both of them and dan and Meggie um from Derek and and myself tried to and still are I guess not super actively at the moment but um make a movie of boy who couldn't sleep would be like the the dream oh. project
0: yeah. at some point yeah oh cool that's awesome yeah so uh you're a, you're a man of many talents I mean writing a book that's uh I mean that's a whole other thing I mean imagine you know writing you know the comedy shorts and stuff like that I mean not sure how many pages that would take. I have no, you know, frame of reference for that. But writing a book, I could I can do it.
5: <laughs> I mean, it's just doing, I mean, not to be reductive about it, but it is like, it's just doing a little bit of something every day, like mm-hmm. a lot of creative mm-hmm. stuff. Um, uh, and I also can say that because I haven't done it in a while. So I'm not just being like, it's super easy. You know, it's not, you know, but I, I uh, 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 it, I think it's I would used to teach writing classes and stuff and we would talk about novel writing in those classes like would talk about just like just like anything else just like breaking it down into manageable chunks for yourself because you can't if you just think like I'm going to sit down and write a book you're going to go crazy like your brain is going to talk you out of it so you just have it's like anything else you have to just break it down into
0: manageable manageable pieces yeah I can yeah I can hear that I mean I'm writing an album the uh, um, pandemic threw a wrench into other members coming over here to record but we've got this is my uh, board to keep track of what has been recorded and what nice hasn't. see there you go oh my god i love a board i love a board i know i finally committed and uh, taped out the grid instead of just drawing it every time so now there's a permanent <laughs> sure. permanent yeah, grid yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice oh i love that that's awesome anyway uh, as a segue you know who doesn't really have any books about them is they might be giants it's quite odd and people have told me they're like maybe you should write a book about them and i'm like I don't know. I mean, like, it's... There's, there's so much there. And we were talking right. you know, when we hopped on the phone. There's so much there. The one book that does exist for them, I'm actually talking to the guy who, uh, the co-author of it, Tomorrow, there is a 33 and a 3rd book on Flood. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that series of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, the guy that co-wrote the Flood one is going to be on tomorrow to talk about oh, awesome. Hideaway Folk Family. Uh, but we're here to talk about uh, the Mop Giants and the Replacements. Can you tell me about, uh, first about your fandom of They Might Be Giants.
5: Yeah, They Might Be Giants, as we were talking before we started recording, but basically, like, my fandom of They Might Be Giants has always been, like, somewhat surface level, you know, like, in the sort of iPod, napster era, I always had, like, six, you know, They Might Be Giants songs, Um, and... I've always like been floating on the surface of getting super, super into them and have never quite broken through. But I know that someday when that happens, it'll just be like, as we as we talked about, it's just like the catalog is so huge and they, um, you know, it's it's sort of going like, okay, I initially you sort of hear about them and you're like, oh, I think they're like a, you know, and I'm sure this is something that they have grappled with or maybe they're just cool and they don't care. But like the distinction of like, of being like because we're funny and some of our songs are like funny and we have a sense of humor are we like a comedy band because they're they're not but also it's like but they are funny but people if something is funny people want to put it into that box Mm
4: -hmm. and
5: so i think initially my initial impression of them like forever ago being in like middle school and high school was like i think they're like a comedy band they're and you know it's almost similar to like another band that i really liked at the time bare naked ladies Mm -hmm. and like where you're sort of like oh they're funny so therefore you want them to be like they are a like novelty or comedy thing but it's like no they're just a they're they're a band and they have a, a very active and playful sense of humor to some of their some of their stuff would you say that's would you say that's accurate
0: oh yeah and there there's a lot of crossover with bare naked ladies fans in fact i've done crossovers with uh the uh Podcast called The Bare Naked ABCs, who does covers all of their songs in alphabetical order. Whoa. And I was on one of theirs, and uh, one of the guys was on one of these episodes, too. Um, and yeah, but like, for example, I think they do kind of push against that, uh, you know, saying that, yeah, they've they exactly like kind of the way you said it, they have a sense of humor, but they're not a comedy band. They don't like it when people say i mean fans don't like them when people say they're quirky like that's like the the no-no word right but, but like there's there's also a lot of overlap i've also done crossovers with a weird al song by song podcast there's a lot of crossover with weird al fans uh i mean me included i love weird al um I talked to his manager, but he has declined being on for the moment. So we'll f- keep fingers crossed for that. But like people have asked, like, oh well, why don't you know they tour together or collaborate or something? And I think they've outright said that they're, you know, they they not that they dislike Weird Al, but that they feel like that would cause people to start, ping- you know, make that that assumption right. worse. You know, you know, Weird Al fans be like, oh, this other silly band, they're so silly because they take themselves seriously. I mean, they have right. fun. They have fun totally but their their lyrics as does, are... as,
5: does as does weird al
0: <laughs> yeah um but i think talented to, dude I,
5: <laughs> um so but yeah sort of having that impression and then getting a little older and getting more into like indie music and sort of becoming aware of like you know their kind of crossover with sort of like new york and not crossover i mean being a part of the sort of like new york indie scene of the like the 80s and 90s and with like yola tango and and sort of maxwellsy kind of you know area and then like the hearing about like the dial a song thing and just thinking like oh that's super cool that's awesome like that's just the coolest thing and and yeah just sort of being this like art band and thinking that's really cool but again sort of my awareness of them becoming enlarged but not getting necessarily more into the records and then just really liking anna ing just thinking that's like Mm. that's like a top 10 great song ever i mean it's just such a good it's just such a good song um and it's like that's that to me has become symbolic of what i think of they might be giants now where it's like this is very kind of like textured it's Funny. It's weird, but it's deep. It's like a weird deep. Mm. It's almost like a um, who who am I talking about? Um, what's his name? Uh, he wrote. Oh, Thomas Pynchon or something. It's like a weird uh, like uh-huh. Thomas sixties seventies Thomas Pynchon thing where it's sort of like, this is like weird and cool and and kind of like uh you know it's just very um it's not what you what it's what it necessarily seems at first glance so Mm -hmm. i i really respect them i think i have a more textured idea of they might be giants now but i still have never quite taken that taken that plunge
0: i'll email you uh, a link to my spotify best of playlist (laughs) nice (laughs) uh so you could you know it's got the hits but it's got the the newer stuff you might not be as familiar with that's really good uh i mean all their stuff is good they're they're unique and maybe not everyone would say this but us fans we don't there's not like one understood album like like oh that was a low point in their career but then they came back you know it's like we're we like everything you know they're they've been consistently putting out good material material for almost 40 years uh do you know what the first they might be giant song you heard was or where you heard them first i think honestly it was probably
5: um i don't know actually what it's called but the the sun one the sun is a massive incandescent gas where it's like why is the Mm sunshine yeah on on the on like a i don't know if it was on like viva variety again talking about the crossover with the the state and people like that but um on comedy central or maybe them being a musical guest on like an mtv show or something in like the in the 90s where you're sort of going like again it's like it's this crossover of like or this venn diagram of like comedy educational kind of smart funny weird you know i don't know like all these different little things where you again your brain wants to kind of like slot them in somewhere but they kind of are they kind of defy that so i think that's a little bit sort of what i thought of them initially is like oh are they for are they are
0: they like for
5: kids are they you know what i mean like you want to you kind of want to like put them in a in a in a box that they don't necessarily fit into
0: i just hopped to the wiki page on that i i did the, the episode on this so long ago. it was like episode 10 or something i can't even nice. remember what i said about it but i was just looking at the wiki points uh it was on way back since 1985 so this probably wasn't it but in 1985 they performed on a television show called nick rocks uh it was in a malcolm in the middle episode it was in uh the Simpsons game. Uh, someone quotes the lyrics in a Simpsons huh. game. Interesting. It's uh, it's been all over the place. I'm not uh, sure. Was there? Wait, wasn't there another Nickelodeon show? Was it on Kablam? Might have been. I don't know if you watched Kablam. I know Doctor Worm sounds, was that on that there too. That sounds like potentially. That
5: sounds potentially right. I'm not sure if I watched Kablam either. But that's the environment. I think of. I think of it, it as being like them being a musical guest on something that's kind of like geared towards like kids or preteens or or teens mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that seems that seems likely
0: yeah so have you heard well like i was mentioning their newer stuff like uh, have you heard anything that's uh come out recently by them i haven't yeah I, I'll, I'll i'll definitely send you that the playlist nice. it's uh you know it's it's a manageable four hours. I don't. Know. It's hard to <laughs> narrow down that many songs. I'm but sure. yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, after after we got hooked up messaging about this, you know, I sent you the massive spreadsheet to pick a song, and uh, so how did you uh, how did you decide on where the replacements?
5: I mean, I immediately went to, out of sort of sheer optimism, went to kind of like the albums that I knew well, or the sort of like the big, you know, the sort of like, oh, I don't know, has anybody taken like Meet James Enzer yet? And it's like, oh, of course. Um, Although that was a fun one where it's like, that has always been a They Might Be Giants song that I've known and liked and then somewhat recently i feel like actually saw what his paintings look like and we're like oh my god they're horrific <laughs> like, yeah, it's just super weird creepy clown face people it's for people where they're like the scene in the shining where he's seeing all the weird masked partygoers that are having like a weird creepy like orgy it's for people that are like that's not quite creepy enough
2: um
5: so i i um of course all of those you know like you said had long since been taken and so i was just kind of scrolling through and looking at all the different titles and then were the replacements jumped out at me because i was like i like the replacements a song called were the replacements by a band that's not a replacements (laughs) is funny it reminded me of like we would always again like back when i was doing stuff with Derek, we would joke around about like the idea of the Strokes having a song called Were the Strokes and having British accents for some reason, like we could always joke around about them being like Were the Strokes. We hope you like our song, you know? What I mean? like,
0: that's so funny. I've been on a huge Strokes kick recently. That's funny you said that.
5: Any song where it's like were the blanks is fun is just automatically funny to me and I do really like The Replacements and so I and then I listened to it and I was just like, "Oh, this song is Again, it's like the first thing that I noticed as usual with They Might Be Giants is like, it's really funny. You know what I mean? It's like very, very funny and just kind of like very – the idea that you have – and I'm, I know we'll talk more about the replacements and everything about them, but like the idea of the replacements having a song called Were the Replacements Rock and Roll Until the Break of dark. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and just saying like we're having a good time. We're having a party. is <laughs> like so funny and weirdly like a caricature of – the idea and the persona of the replacements and i just thought it was really funny and then i so i listened to it once and i was like yeah i think i want to do this one and then I was it was the like, first
0: time you'd heard it right
5: yeah, yeah. and I, so i had uh, it in my i kind of had it in my head and then i went back and listened to it again a couple of days ago when it's like okay the podcast is coming up and i was like holy shit this is such a good song you know what i mean like it's like real. the first you hear and you think it's kind of a jokey tossed off song and then you listen to it again and you're like there's all these weird and again i don't have the musical vocabulary but like these weird kind of interweening the the melodies are kind of weirdly interweaving and cool and and layered and it was like i was like oh it's a better song than i remembered where mm-hmm. you kind of like get it stuck in your head one way and then you go back and listen to it and you're like there's actually way more going on here and then i noticed the like sort of replacementy scream at the end it's very you know the, uh, <laughs> i don't like wanna. Very, yeah it feels like a very um, you know just it's like a very a, a cool it's funny them sort of breaking the character the sort of like they might be giants playing this kind of plasticky band silly kind of bubblegum pop band and then showing you like no we actually know what the replacements sound like like we get it we like we like them i just thought it was really funny and and cool and uh seemed like a good since i'm not a huge they might be giants head yet it seemed like okay there will at least be a venn diagram here of um i've used the term venn diagram a lot uh between the replacements who i do know more about and and they might be giants
0: Yeah, hey, well, well, let's talk about that. So I always, well, I always assume that, yeah, it's about the band, the replacements. Why wouldn't it be? We'll get into how there's a a debate, even amongst the band themselves, if the song actually is about the replacements. But for now, let's just say, okay, it is. So let's talk about the replacements. Uh, Would you say they're like a top five band for you, or uh, how big a fan are you? Yeah,
5: definitely top five, top 10, for sure. I've always really, really liked them and they they feel similar to they might be giants where they're um they're obviously extremely stylistically different and i think the arc of their career has been extraordinarily different but there's a kind of a like mythology around them and Mm. they always feel like a band where it's like they never broke through and had like number one hits they always kind of were you know doing their own thing um and but my basic top line on the replacements is for people that don't know them super well. Um, they're from Minneapolis and they're, uh, super, they were kind of like punk meets kind of just sort of like Americana E bluesy kind of influenced, uh, rock meets the sort of like indie underground of the, of the eighties that was starting to bubble up and bands kind of like REM and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and but never quite again like we were talking about what they might be giants and boxes never quite fit into the right box for the right moment at what they were trying to do or what right. label they were signed to and then they also had and a lot of my thinking on I liked them for a long time but then a lot of my <laughs> replacements or the mats as 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 they are known uh-huh, to right. uh, fans um uh even though I've never actually referred to them that way speaking out loud Um, (laughs) they, uh, uh, like were from this very sort of like working class background where everybody they knew basically they were as, 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 um, oh, anyway, I was saying a lot of my thinking is informed by this book, um, Trouble Boys, which is this like magisterial biography of the replacements by a music writer named Bob Mayer that came out a few years ago and is so good. If you like music books, even if you're not a huge replacements fan, it is fascinating it's so well written um but they would basically say like janitor or jail growing up that is how everybody they knew ended up that is the only path that they saw for themselves and there's uh they just so they kind of ended up weirdly like overachieving for what they expected from their own lives, but underachieving in terms of what anyone that was a fan of them at the time kind of thought they could do and what they kind of secretly wanted to do. But then they felt weird about it. So they would self-sabotage. There was a lot of substance abuse. They were also really young, particularly like Tommy Stinson. So there was two brothers in the band, Bob Stinson tommy stinson and uh i'm gonna get the instruments that they that they played wrong they both play some form of guitar and um tommy stinson was like almost like 13 years old when he like showed up to a band practice and started like playing and um his older brother bob who they both had an extremely troubled childhood and and bob had like really intense substance abuse problems and it seems like basically but you know mental health issues that he probably was was self-medicating through uh uh substance abuse was was at least the Im- impression that I that I got um and um then Paul Westerberg who I was thinking about like how do you describe Paul Westerberg the lead singer songwriter and realizing oh Paul Westerberg is basically like in every 80s or 90s teen movie where there's like the cool kind of quiet but kind of like punk kind of like poetic-y like kid and he's, he's real mad at the world and, and he's a rebel, but he's also sensitive and he's really good looking. What if that guy was a really, really good singer-songwriter and had a cool voice and that is Paul Westerberg. He's basically like, what if um, Heath Ledger from uh, 10 Things I Hate About You was actually like a really, really good uh, singer-songwriter and they would just have these insanely kind of razor's edge between brilliant and complete self destruction, like live shows where they would play everything at like four times the speed it is on the record. Um, And there's a, there's a really good live album that came out a few years ago of them at playing at Maxwell's where it is just like, this is amazing. This is the best. And then they like every song falls off a cliff, like 90 seconds in, but before that it's the best thing you've ever heard. And they um, yeah, just had this, kind of weird journey through being on major labels. Again, never quite being able to be fit into the sort of like punk or new wave or indie or whatever was, was popular at the time that never quite synced up for them. And they were also always self-sabotaging. And, uh, the, I think the reason that I like them or that people like them is like they have, well, I'll speak to why I like them. The songs are really good. Paul Westerberg has a really cool voice. They're super, catchy the guitar some of the guitar sound in in the replacements records are like is like the best coolest kind of clanging defiant you know guitar sound in anything you've ever heard and then to to a certain degree like the myth of the replacements kind of um does enhance why you like them or where they fit in your head so they're for kind of people who are like you know i don't know like like i think part of why fans like them is they f- always feel like liking a sports team that is never going to win the world series you know what i mean like a sports team that part of liking them is the punishment i think that became very endemic to replacements fandom from from the beginning and still as somebody that came to them at a very late stage i think when i was in like high school and by this time that's like the early 2000s um you you pick that up about them, and and that you know the fondness for them for grows uh, uh, because of that. I think in a, in a weird way, and then you feel different ways about them at different times in your life, depending on on sort of like how you feel about creativity and success. And and after a while, I think, especially as I've gotten older, I've just looked at them and be like, guys, could you? not like i i think when um bob mayer was being interviewed about them on i think on the best show with tom sharpling he was just talking about like can you not get drunk before this one super important event in your lives no you're going to okay cool you're doing it you know um but i you know so that is just a um I I do think that they weirdly are this like specter for people who are either like we didn't sell out and therefore we never made it to the top. And that's really cool. And then people that are like, wait a minute, why did we, why didn't we just get it together to do this one thing? Is it cooler that we never got super successful? Is it not? There's a ton there. Obviously that's a really long tangent, but that is my sort of like mega capsule explanation of, of the replacements and, and, uh, and, and, and why I like them.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It, it, was, def- it was definitely me. I restarted my router there. Um, I hope it wasn't that awkward thing where, like, you kept talking for, like, five minutes before it, you realized you that kidding? I was... Are you
5: kidding? It literally was. I just gave an entire... But
0: you had your stuff recording. I did. Oh, yeah. You got it. Oh, you then we're, it. we're all set. You got it, baby. It just doesn't have my reactions. <gasps> oh, so I'll I'll dub those in later. I'll punch Great. them in. <laughs> all right. So you, you've kept it recording? I've kept it recording, yes. All right. Man. Yeah, that's weird. Of course, something. That
5: like. is actually, honestly, the perfect encapsulation of the replacements themselves i started to give a whole long kind of pretentious defense or 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 elegy to the replacements why i like them why people like them the myth of the replacements capsule version of the story and the recording (laughs) that is that's the replacements that's all you need to know even if you didn't even if we didn't get that we could just we should just leave that in that that's the replacements
0: perfect yeah you know they were kind of famous for being a mess but that was, yeah, it was what was great about them. So there, there's like, there are some parallels so They Might Be Giants, but they are very different in a way. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, these, these guys, the Mats, which I never really got anyway, because shouldn't they be the Ments or something like that? I don't know. The Mats, uh, known for heavy drinking and such, while They Might Be Giants are a bunch of teetotalers, really coffee totalers. That's, you know, kind of their jam. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, behind the music about the replacements would be. Pretty, pretty entertaining while well, one about they might be giants would be like uh shit who forgot the the coffee grinder we got these whole beans here i so start start mashing them with the hammer we need the coffee <laughs> i believe there's a bit in the uh if you haven't seen the uh, the documentary gigantic that uh, a tale of two johns came out of uh it was about them 2001 i believe it came out um there is a a moment on the tour bus where <laughs> they they're using like uh I don't know. Something is they ran out of coffee filters or something like that. So they're using something else. You know, they're like, oh, shit. They're like jury rigging uh, some some sort of filter. Uh, so uh, what would be your favorite replacement song? Could you pick? Um, if I had to choose it, it I would say um,
5: uh, Alex Chilton. Which is very it also feels very like replacement C because that's their or Paul Westerberg's ode to Big Star, another band that never quite got over the hump but became super beloved in in retrospect and had really great songs. And so it weirdly feels like even at the time, Paul Westerberg is sort of going, is probably like halfway between going like, I don't want to be that exactly. Or maybe that's the best it's, he's sort of like reckoning with the legacy of his band in real time. And it's just a super catchy, great song. You know what I mean? Um, Perfect. And then I listened to, um, I would say my most listened to replacement song is um, my favorite thing which i would listen to which is funny because you're asking me about my favorite replacement song and i would listen to that every day when i was writing my first book when i was like drafting my first book i would kind of listen to that to get me in the headspace of like okay i'm writing about disaffected teens and it's an extremely disaffected teen
0: uh song all right well i'll play both of those Shilton song is perfect just because it's like he's not saying (laughs) it's not like we're big star. It's like they by be giants have we're the replacements and then the replacements have a song called I'm Alex Shilton." I mean, it's about, you know, (laughs) but in a way, you know, it's uh, their song about another musician. Uh, So that works out perfectly. I can't I I don't think it's ever happened, but I would love to know if how awesome would it be if the replacements had covered we're the replacements. (gasps) Oh i mean
5: <laughs> i think there's still time i think the replacements do still exist in some form because paul westerberg is uh is alive but they've had some some definitely some member uh turnover and and like i said in my capsule review or maybe i didn't bob stinson died very you know relatively young and then um yeah they had a um another guitarist slim dunlop who i think also has has died or or and and so they've had a decent amount of um turnover but i do think they still exist in some form anyway i hope so because i've never seen them live and i would love to see some version of the replacements
0: it appears that slim done has not died. oh good yeah great
5: yeah. we love to hear it sorry not dead i did yeah. not mean to <laughs> write him off well there's a lot in the book about like he i think was very ill and they did a a album kind of, or ep maybe kind of like to benefit him and his medical costs but i'm super happy to hear that he's he's still alive
0: steve foley died in 2008 gotcha so he would be the other dc member yeah um Awesome, yeah. The replacements RPGs. are great, and and they do, like you said, they tick a lot of boxes as far as for crossover appeal, but mostly to crossover appeal to like us uh, music nerds. Like they're a they're a a band's band. You know, it's kind of yes. like yeah, it's it's kind of like they might be giants too. Is like, uh, well, they are appreciated by a lot of people, but people that are in their own bands really seem to like them like they're a musician's band or like you know that cliche thing about the Velvet Underground like not many people heard them at the time but everyone who heard them started a band or whatever else you know like that oh, kind yeah. of thing no yeah. absolutely 100
5: 100 yeah for sure they're also the replacements remind me of I've been thinking a lot about um uh like now that concerts are not a thing that we can go to but hopefully they will be again soon like or maybe even by the time this podcast comes out but like when you would go to see a band and they have a song that's clearly so about like horrible substance abuse, just like the worst, like bottom of the barrel, like truly like, um, you know, your liver is failing amount of alcoholism, let's say, and people at the show are still like, Whoo! you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's right. clearly their fit, fa- like let's get drunk, you know, like that I feel like is a little bit like the replacements, a sort of band where you're like, no, that's about like, this guy is like 24 four years old, but he's already made like six records and they're not working. And he's like looking at like a barfly fly at the end, at the end of his life and thinking like, that's, that's me, man. Um, <laughs> and you just think like, and, and then there's still some part of you depending on how old you are. That's like, yeah i love it and then you get a little older and then you see it in a different way and you're kind of like i don't know if i i like the song but now i like it in a different way
0: you know yeah, right yeah i think guided by voices are still carrying on that torch as far as being <laughs> sure, the yeah. lovable drunks mm-hmm. uh yeah so uh to, to the they might be Giants song it first appeared on the don't let's start ep so uh you're familiar with the song don't let's start correct mm-hmm off of their first album. So this was on the EP uh, came out in nineteen eighty seven. So it was a uh B side there. And then it was collected on uh the Miscellaneous T uh which was their B sides compilation that came out in um ninety one. Yeah, ninety one. And on that one, it was track seventeen out of eighteen. Real real low in the track order. But where I first heard it was on uh they put out this massive two-disc thing called Then, The Early Years, which had uh, the first two albums and all the B-sides on it. It was one of those awesome, you know, thick CD cases with both both discs in there. And, uh, you know, you couldn't fit it in your CD rack because it didn't have a spot for the bigger <laughs> ones. But... <laughs> so that that came out in 97. Uh, and it's just an amazing collection. And on that one, uh, We're the Replacements gets better better placement in that right after the Pink album, which is 19 tracks long, the last track, Rhythm Section 1 ad, We're the Replacements is the very next song. It just goes right on to it. So I always loved this song, and to me, for a long time, I, I just kind of assumed it was on the first album, because it seems like uh, they had a lot of really, really weird B-sides from that era. Like, awesomely weird. But We're the Replacements sounds like it should have made the album. Like, it is so catchy it's so i mean right from the jump and also the <laughs> so least good. i was
5: i was making me laugh today like the least replacements-y drums you know what i mean like just super like a uh, kind of like drum machine e sounding sort of unapologetically
0: you know, like, drum machine i mean it's yeah. we're talking you know it was recording in 86 or 87 it, it was definitely of the era uh, uh drum machine the technology at the time yeah
5: yeah just like i think an amount no you know like prop i don't again i don't super i'm not super musically knowledgeable but i'm like there's no way the tempo in there's ever been like four freaking notes in a single like drum line in a replacement song that are that in like on tempo you know what i mean there's no no way
0: (laughs) yeah so so now on to this uh this debate uh, in the uh, trivia on the wiki, the the lovable wiki here, got, it's got it all here. Uh, there's a quote from that then collection that I was talking about from the booklet there. Uh, where The Replacements, a carefree tribute to the now legendary rockers, immediately grabbed the rock and roll media's attention all the way to MTV, where a VJ made an aside that introduced TMBG as former roadies for The Replacement for the replacements creating a groundless urban legend that continues (laughs) to this day. And Oh, I thought if I thought I figured out the name of the VJ and it's escaping me at the moment, Um, (laughs) which is hilarious because while they might be giants, didn't get the bands existed largely during the same period. The replacements started a few years earlier in 79, I believe. Um, And while the replacements attained major label status, um, in the mid-80s, They Might Be Giants weren't major label uh, until Electra in the 90s. But, I mean, when would They Might Be Giants have had time to roadie for the replacements? I mean, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. You know, they were busy. Uh, that's it's, it's hilarious. And then in this uh, Spin article, I sent you that actual article. There is a, a, a photo of it, pretty funny, where they kind of ask themselves questions. 19 questions They Might Be Giants are waiting to hear. And uh, number 11 was, if you're not roadies for the replacements, which band is? <laughs> 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 it's it's got to be another band. Is who's going to the roadies for the replacements? Uh, it's Yeah, silly. The next thing on the wiki here, this bullet point about... Team um, BG has made statements that the song has little to do with the replacements as in the band, but rather just life on the road. And some wonderful person has found this 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 interview with this very lovably unprofessional young uh lady interviewing Flansburgh in like what looks like the green room of uh let's see where is this let me uh, this is yeah it's it's just awesomely dated vhs quality wobbly video uh let's see w or wow out in a piano or w out in a piano is the youtube user uploaded this uh, in 2008. It's, it's, a, it's a two-parter. It's like a 15-minute interview total or something, where it has this quote from Flansburg, so I'm going to go ahead and play that.
2: Okay, and then I had two other quick questions,
7: uh-huh. which are kind of probably unrelated. Oh, I know they are. But one was, did you guys, were you really... Um or something for the replacement no that was something that um, Is that rumor that you started with the song? no it was not you know what was w- what it was i think i can i i wasn't i didn't witness the the origins of it but i have a faint suspicion that there was a writer a news writer at mtv who misinterpreted we wrote this song called "We're the Replacements." That basically, the,
4: oh,
7: a, um, I'll, I'll hold on. I'm going okay. the statement here. The um, we wrote this song called "We're the Replacements." That basically is plays on the name "The Replacements," and it's about being in a band, and it uses The Replacements as an example, but it's also about the replaceable nature of being on the road. Like everywhere we we're playing this week, another band is gonna play next week. So there are all these bands that are in, kind of marching around in a parallel universe and they never really meet each other. But you know, I mean, for months, we were on the road behind about 10,000 Maniacs. I mean, we were there like-
6: In the same city? Yeah,
7: playing the same cities. In a lot of cases, the same venues, but just like a day before or a day later. <laughs> and so there, you know, you just, You come to realize that there are people that you have... Well, for one thing that's interesting, you come to realize you have more in common with, like, the death metal band than you ever thought, in terms of, like, where you go. Like, every every hotel you stay at, they were there the day before. Every highway you drive down, every truck stop you go in, every, you know, venue you play, every PA guy you meet, they just met these other people who you thought you had nothing in common with, and then you you realize you're living the same life as now. So, it's consequently... The notion of the replacements. Out. It's kind of a kind of a pun. So we wrote this song, and and somebody at MTV got the idea that we must have been roadies for the film. The, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but they announced it on TV. Oh. And so you know, like on the news or like introducing a video or something for a while, because it seems like a lot of people have this idea. I mean, people know people know that we were the replacements
0: that does make for kind of a cool story too, where it's like we are the replace, we're here to replace 10,000 maniacs who were here the day before or (laughs) whatever. Right. (laughs) Which is a funny, they might be giants concept for a, a song as well. But it's funny because they're a band that isn't, you know, above pop culture references. They'll, they'll reference very heady things and, you know, literature and old movies and, and all this, but they're not above, you know, like, I did an episode on twisting not that long ago, twisting the song from Flood, and they mention uh, like the young fresh fellows and the DBs, and like they'll throw out references. You know, they have a song called XTC versus Adam Ant. Uh, Shelley Pierce, who actually she'll be making an appearance uh, soon uh, uh, from her interview with Flansburg, did that song, but she's from Minnesota, so she almost she almost nabbed this song, but then you got it. She picked XTC versus Adam Ant, so they're not above like name dropping bands so like it's not that ridiculous to think that oh it's about the replacements that there's that whole bridge you know hey where's tommy someone to find tommy tommy stinson i mean it just seems like such a random name to throw out there i don't believe there's a member of Ten Thousand maniacs named tommy uh uh, i'm I'm scanning real quick Mm, nope no members named tom thomas or tommy so (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought it was such a good, but I do think it
5: was like it it makes sense that that is he's giving that quote in the context of like a backstage interview where this is clearly like super on his mind because they're in the middle of this tour i'm sure he's in the middle of an interview where he's being asked things he's he's been asked a million times before and so that is very like top of mind for him and also they're maybe a little bit annoyed about the like people think we were roadies for the replacements at some point so no that's not even what the song's about man it's about this other thing and you read that quote and you go like oh shit like that's a really good interesting explanation and it kind of feels fully formed and then exactly what you said where then you think about like yeah but they say like where's Tommy in it and the whole like it just doesn't you're like no it is about the replacements like the the first order explanation for the song is is true but I think it speaks a lot to their kind of wit and intelligence that they can also have this other layer of meaning that also right. feels very I'm sure is very relevant to them um, and I'm sure is part of what went into the idea for the song but also you're a little bit like but that's not it though but it seems super plausible and you kind of get can like trick yourself into it but it was i think i'm wondering if the the where's tommy thing specifically not just as a reference to tommy stinson but is a reference to i believe there was like and it's in, again it's in this um trouble boys uh book but i think it's a pretty famous just story about them in general where they like left him in a town like he went I've to heard this, yeah. which is also like speaks to a lot of the super dysfunctional weird kind of closer than brothers. And in one case, actual brothers Mm -hmm. um, dynamic in the band where I think it was like, I think maybe he went to like hook up with some girl or stay at some house or just got super drunk. and was somewhere else. And they were like, you know what? Fuck it and left or they forgot or some combination thereof. And so it feels, it's funny to me that they're referencing uh, an urban legend about the replacements. That is true. And I think they maybe even left him in New York. Like he's like wandering around in Central Park (laughs) until they were going to come back and and get him or something. And um, that I've always felt like, oh, if I could make a... If I if I had to make a super low budget movie about the replacements that kind of would sum them all up, that would be it. Like I would make a movie about them leaving Tommy behind and like his weird catcher in the rye style style day in (laughs) in New York. But like so they're referencing this urban legend that's true in a song that will birth an urban legend about they might be giants. That's false. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah or is it so i was just looking trying to figure out the date of this show because the youtube video does not uh have it here but uh the barrymore theater is in uh madison wisconsin uh great great town um i believe it's this from april 23rd 1990 they played there that seems about right to me um But I guess I I couldn't find a show at the Barrymore in 89. Uh, Though, I mean, it's... uh, Yeah, the quality of the video, it's... um, It's old. We know that much. (laughs) But, so then, just last November, Flans contradicts himself a little bit here. So, he's been saying this. And the Giants have also been known to kind of throw people off the scent as well and fuck with people. Be like, oh, it's about this. and Then later, no, it's about this. Uh, Or the one John will say one thing, one John will say the other thing. And, of course you know, this is Flansburg while it is a Linell song. And so Shelly Pierce of the, uh, Monkato, uh, college radio. This is, sh- let's see. Yeah. KSMU um flansberg and so they do this 12-hour marathon of they might be giant stuff where people can request songs uh they've interviewed them most years they've done it this is the seventh year they've done it every november a 12-hour they might be giants marathon and they did these especially long interviews um this past year and so Flansburg talking to shelly on kmsu here november 13th 2020 Shelly brings up the podcast because we were about to record the XTC versus Adam Ant episode. And so he kind of weighs in on which, on why he likes XTC, why he likes Adam Ant. So that was super interesting. I played a clip of that already in that episode. But then she says, oh, you know, being from, you know, Minnesota, I almost picked uh, where the replacements. And then she she mentions like, oh, the she's like, I really like the replacements, though I know the song's not really about them. And then Flans is like, I mean, I'll play the clip, but he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. What's at least somewhat about the replacements, <laughs> dude? You know, <laughs> you've already forgotten the lie you've been telling us since nineteen ninety <laughs> or earlier. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago that you said that. But I mean, I think they've probably said it more than once. That like, oh, it's not really about the replacements. Gotcha. It is.
2: <laughs> Just got a, a message from Greg saying, "Come on, say the name of the podcast." Oh, this might be a podcast. I, yeah, which I is think great.
7: There's another Well, I'm glad to hear it's great I'm sure they're doing a great job
2: <laughs> well I, I tell you my I was really torn between doing were the replacements because we're from Minnesota and even though I think it I think you guys have talked about how it's not about the band the replacements I was gonna make it about the replacements but uh, and then I was also oh, wait, torn between hidden you know, intro wait
7: wait 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 That's that's, 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 that's they're, they're, there's, a certain. There must be a. You should talk to John about this. But there's a certain amount. of, It would be a lie to say it's not about. I mean, replace. John. John. John wrote wrote the thing, um, but like, it would be a lie to say it's not about the replacements because I mean, it's it, they're they're members of the replacements name checked in the song.
2: Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy.
7: I think. I, I, yeah. I, I think the idea more than anything is that it's sort of like a projection of. It's like, it's like a, you know, it's like a Philip Roth novel, you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just, it's just projecting us into their, what we think their world must be
0: like. So then later that same day, Shelley uh, had a long interview with John Linnell and she brought it up again for clarification and Linnell kind of reiterates what uh, Flan said. Uh, you'll see b- uh, both points, both that it's about re- the replacements and kind of not. But then gives a third explanation about uh, being lovable losers. So uh, let's hear it in his words.
2: I wanted to ask you, um, because earlier when we were speaking with John uh, Flansburg, perhaps you know him, um, <laughs> I, I mentioned that I'm going to be going on to a, um, a podcast where folks talk about different songs of yours and um and just and then talk about themselves and as well and it's been it's uh, uh been around for a long time and so um I had the the songs I could choose from are limited because so many people had done a lot of the songs but I was nar- trying to narrow down my choices between uh XTC versus Adamant and uh were the replacements and I mentioned okay. uh to, to John, that I wanted to do that because we're in Minnesota and I love the replacements and uh, they're legendary. Um, but then I'd read somewhere that uh, that that song is not about the replacements. And he said, "No, no, 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 no." Ask John. So I'm so I'm asking you because he he said it's about the replacements, but more like using the replacements as a uh, example of that kind of band. Yeah, that's fair.
7: That that's I I, I don't I like one it's one of the things where I haven't tried to articulate what that song is about uh I haven't thought about it in, in probably decades but um <laughs> but I think that's probably that's probably right it's it's a song which is um using the replacements as an example of the kind of band that every band has this kind of feeling of of like Hey, we're super great, but also we're, we're secretly we're these losers, you know, um, or or we're you know we're, we're we're celebrating our fantastic lives, but then we're like having to sleep on the metal floor of the van you know and it's like the least glamorous thing you can imagine
5: when you break it all down and it's just on a wikipedia page about a single song and it's like he said this then he said this then he said this
7: Mm
4: -hmm.
5: there's somebody's entire life and career and being asked about a billion different songs like in between all that where it's like when you see it plotted out like that it's like also it just is sort of a funny different speaks to like it, it speaks to sort of like they're younger and they're just kind of wanting to like fuck with people or that's the mood they're in that day. And then later it's like, Oh, well, I mean, of course it's about the, re- it's almost like a, somebody, a dad being like, come on. I mean, it's about the replacements. It's called worth the replacements, <laughs> you know, like get a grip a little bit. I also think like, I just love one of the things that I love about the song where it's like, it's gotta be, of course it's about the replacements is just saying like, we're having a party then, or like, then we'll have a party or whatever. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, you're imagining like the idea that, the just sort of like depths of kind of like drunken l- l- oblivion that the replacements were living in compared to the idea of like, it sounds like a party that like Archie and his friends are going to have and like an, <laughs> our old Archie cartoon <laughs> is so funny. Like that's so yeah. funny. That's so wonderful is just, I don't know. It just, I, it is it, kind of neither here nor there, but just speaks to why I love the song and the sense of humor of the song.
0: Oh so yeah. I, I think it also Linnell, especially, he, I think he really liked the monkeys growing up in the TV show, right? So this it, kind of sounds like it could be a monkey song, right? It's, uh, you know, singing about themselves. Hi, we're the monkeys. You know, he actually mentions it in Shelley's interview with him about uh, the song called The Mesopotamians, which um, is from their 2007 album, The Else. An amazing song. So it's about this band that existed, you know, forever, you know, the. Th- thousands and thousands of years ago and nobody's heard of them, but they're hashing it out on the road. But it's also kind of about, it was inspired by the Bush era war on terror and all this, like, Oh, there's these people were fighting in the middle East. We don't, you know, what's their deal? What we don't know what, you know, we don't know anything about that part of the world, you know? Uh, so again, that kind of thing, like about two things, but he mentions, he, <laughs> He says, but it's also about the monkeys. He just t- <laughs> tosses that <laughs> off. Yeah, right.
5: Exactly. I mean, that's And also just the idea of like, when you listen to the song, you can imagine a sort of like monkeys opening where it's like super clean cut versions of the replacements all out there and that's kind of I think it's like especially when you see like even you just look at the like the picture on the cover of, of Bob Mayer's book and you're like oh these guys could have been teen heartthrobs you know what I mean like yeah. Tommy Stinson is literally a 15 year old at some point that looks like he could have he's basically like a young Leonardo DiCaprio or something Paul Westerberg is a super good looking guy yeah. like you're just sort of like they could have kind of there is an alternate universe version of
0: them that is the monkeys and that's right know, another
5: <laughs> another great thing about the song
0: can you mention the replacements having a tv show man that would be that would be <laughs> something <laughs> so this song though yeah that we're speaking to the poppy nature of it if we talk about the musical elements um you know obviously we've been talking you know a lot about the lyrics because that's where this whole debate is about and talking about the replacements but the musical elements um and, we, and we've alluded to them a bunch but what are your favorite uh musical elements of this song
5: Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, this sort of, um, and again, I don't know enough musical terminology to know exactly how to quantify it, but the sort of just the like vocal line and all the different kind of the like harmonies and stuff and Mm -hmm. the backing vocals and the way that they kind of all like, you can almost, if you close your eyes, you can almost like see them in your head a little bit and how they kind of intersect and do weird stuff. So on, 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 you know, the face of it, it's just kind of this like, Bubblegummy kind of almost glib sort of um, riff on a like again like Josie and the Pussycats monkeysy kind of like that era of like bands as cartoon characters like 60s bubblegum thing mm-hmm. and then you kind of listen to the different lines of the vocals or the whatever and it's just like really complicated and cool and and interesting and I think also too that that's something that I I like about the replacements they sound totally different th- than this song is like the 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 reputation right is always like shambolic falling apart like Mm -hmm. whatever Uh, especially their early stuff like they have this album sorry ma i forgot to take out the trash that's just like super you know truly like 14 year old nelson from the simpsons level like (laughs) angst right like that's what that is um and Uh but but like especially as they developed there is a lot of like really pretty polished sounding anthemic stuff you know oh, they yeah. they transcend the kind of like the just trash part to become like the beautiful trash you know the right. transcendent sort the of hooks are that, there though yeah. exactly and that's and so i think like that is a part of the replacements and that's a part that i really like if they were just the constantly falling apart um just completely atonal uh uh band i don't think i would like them and i think a lot of people who like them wouldn't like them it's the fact that there is this kind of like anthemic driving poppy for for i mean that poppy is not even a bad thing at all like po, truly poppy thing that emerges um that is their own version of that and then this song is just just sort of like distilled <laughs> poppiness and then there is yeah. a like um what is it like a uh, hammond or like Rhodes or something there's like an organ line you oh, know what there's, mean? there's like that pretty cool, sweet like, organ
0: there boop, 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 is great i was listening to it on headphones walking the dog and you got uh Linnell's keyboard in your left ear you got flan's guitar in your right ear so you can perfectly hear what each one of them is doing uh but to speak on those backing vocals like like you were saying the so Linnell's the lead and flan's going hi ha, and then the uh, but i especially like the weird, like we weir, like the word weird is such a weird thing to just sustain in the back but w- one really interesting thing is that and i'm wondering if this happened in the songwriting uh Portion or the mixing portion of, of this song's coming to being uh, where the last chorus, the lead vocals disappear and it's mm. just Flansburg's backing vocals. So I'm wondering if like, oh, it was just a double chorus. Uh, but then they're like, they muted Linnell's vocal or something for some reason. We're like, that sounds cool. It's, it's just, we're, <laughs> we're playing in a rock and roll band. Yeah. I love that little echo there
5: too. <laughs> I also think the, like, it's funny because I've listened to it a few times. Uh, and I think the thing that I can, I think that I can isolate and hear in my head too, is the, like, I think the bass right? Like, you know what I mean? That kind of like, there is a, we, if, if, if there is a almost replace besides the scream at the end, if there is a replacement y element in there, it feels like I could convince myself that that's a replacement bass line. You know what I mean? Like, but again, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. musically simple, so it's possible that that's just a pretty standard bass line that you would get in any, you know, kind oh, of garage great. rock. Oh,
0: it's I mean, the, the guitar does that, that riff too. I think the bass might kind of counter melody with that, but yeah, the way the, the bass. And the guitar work together is is great, and it's it's Flansburgh playing both the bass and the guitar, and then Linell on the keyboards. They both do the vocals. We're never sure who does the drum machine programming, but you know one of them's <laughs> doing that too. But man, just like the duo nature of this early stuff, you could tell that they could just like, like we said, just like on a lark, you know, they've got this idea, like oh, you know. Linnell's listening to the replacements a lot this week. I don't know. Let's worry about the replacements or it's not about the replacements and we're touring behind (laughs) 10,000 maniacs, but you know, whatever the two of them can just like, I can imagine this song being written very quickly.
5: Oh yeah. I mean, that's something, again, we were talking about before we started recording, but like an impression that I've always had about they might be giants, especially as I learned more about them and, you know, kind of like, um dial a song and just all the different projects that they've done where it's like we're gonna write 22 songs about or because of this thing or whatever and just having all these little discrete perfect little perfectly executed ideas that also are really catchy and are great songs is like what i thought being creative would be like when I was a kid, you know, just going like, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I have an idea and I do the idea and it's done and it's a little idea and it's really cool. And this is everything. Everything is in this one little thing. And that's so awesome. And it kind of reminds me honestly of like of, of, of sketch writing a little bit where it's like the Mm -hmm. length of a song or a sketch is such that you can pretty fully explore an idea within it and then just go like, and that's it, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's, and that's really, cool and i think that they they do that and that is again like that is what creativity is it is what i thought it was when i was a kid just because that's when you're the closest to just being able to have an idea and then just be like i drew it that's the idea um right. <laughs> and i and 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 it's easy to lose sight of that and i think it's cool that they might be giants clearly have have not like that is that is their been their approach to creativity the entire time and still is and i think that's really cool yeah
0: and so, yeah, you, you've mentioned the word bubblegum, Just the bubblegum pop element of this. I was just looking at the the chord progression here. I've n- I've never tried playing this on guitar, but it's definitely it's a nice guitarist key. It's a nice you know, even though it is much more poppy than the replacements ever were. It's that E A B, just like the the one four five chord progression that every band writes a song in. You know, every <laughs> every beginning guitarist's favorite chord is the E major chord. So those first songs you write are always in E major. Um, you know, of course, Linnell goes into, you know, you got some C-sharp minors and some other things, but they're still, they're all in the key. Now, I've, I've analyzed a lot of John Linnell's songs through this podcast, and he's constantly bouncing out of keys or changing mm-hmm. keys, and a lot of songs were like, I'm not even sure what key this is in. Or... <laughs> like someone keeps moving my chair off of flood i figured out that it was in um uh dorian it was in d dorian which is one of these medieval keys that no one you know there's major and minor there's aeolian and ionian or major and minor but there's all these other mixolydian Lydian, uh, locrian uh and i'm like this isn't in major or minor something's off here so like Uh on the episode i'm actually like fiddling around on my piano trying to figure it out and i'm like it's indeed dorian that's so cool or maybe an f dorian i can't remember I'm like but but this one just straight up e major yeah wow. and just like it, it you know despite being poppy it does rock that uh hey where's tommy that's a dun, 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 dun. you know It there is a little bit of grit and a little bit of slop to Flansburg's guitar there where it's like even though they're locked in with a drum machine it's still a little loose yeah right you know right. It, it it rocks it's good and like i said maybe they kicked it out quick i don't really know the recording history on it and it's one of those songs where if you noticed on the wiki here i don't know if you had ever been to tmbw before but it's got all those tabs here song lyrics interpretations credits guitar tip bass tip and then chronology and on this song chronology is orange meaning you you can't click on it there's only been one version of this song there was no dial a song version. Uh, there was no demo. They haven't released a proper live version. Uh, we'll listen to one that I found uh, off YouTube. But uh, it's only been released uh, in this one form. So we can't really say like, oh, on Dial-A-Song when they did it two years before this. You could tell, you know, it kind of grew from there. But no, we just have this one version. So not really sure of the, the story of how the song came to be. But to me, it sounds like super fun. You know, it's a B-side. We just kicked it out real quick uh it's just it, the song's a blast
5: yeah i also think like i loved it says to me a lot about they might be giants that like i just picked off this spreadsheet like almost before i even listened to the song like oh a song called were the replacements is really funny i like the replacements and then i'm thinking i listen to it i think oh that's pretty simple i kind of get what it's doing it seems like sort of a tossed off little the definition of almost like a b-side right and then you send me this email where it's just like, and, the, and go on the wiki and it's just like, oh, even this little, cause it is kind of, you know, a little bit of like a, uh, a backwater of their catalog or like a little bit of a curio. There's still so much to it, right? There's still oh so much kind of like mythology and all these covers that you sent and like all these different things where it's just like, even so even this little, little one, that's just kind of a, a little bit of a goofy, you know, novelty on some level, is so there's so much to it, and I think again that says that says a lot about them. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you know, lots of people, One of the biggest compliments people have paid uh, to me about this podcast is that they came in as casual fans, and listening to the podcast has made them super fans. Just you know, breaking down songs like this. So yeah, I was I was digging through a lot of video, you know, camcorder old recordings and more modern cell phone recordings, uh, trying to find one that had decent. Audio, being that this is an audio medium. uh, The Replacements has 114 known performances, according to the wiki, which really isn't a whole lot uh, for them, but it seems to be a popular song. (laughs) And this one at the Bowery Ballroom, uh, April 27th, the year 2000, (laughs) um, Bullion Beef Cube uploaded it to YouTube, and (laughs) I think it looks pretty cool, but you can also hear a lot of crowd participation, like crowd... joining in so it's definitely you know it shows that this is a uh it's a beloved song for sure despite being a b-side so let's check that out Mm
5: just remembered that i've seen them live
0: oh yeah
5: i just remembered that yeah (laughs) i've seen them i saw them not that long ago either i saw them in anaheim like i went with my friend uh sean clements who i'm in an improv group with called shitty jobs who also hosts the podcast uh hollywood handbook among others we went to see them in anaheim at the house of blues he's a really big they might be giants fan and it again was that thing of going like i know a few songs but they're awesome and also i can just feel you can just feel the amount of like you totally see why people this make their entire lives you yeah. know this this band because yeah. they're so and they're great like what you saw in the video it's like oh they're such a great live band they're super cool and this video did make me think like oh this th- where the replacements feels like the type of song that again you listen to on an album and you're like oh, okay cool that's kind of a little side tossed off kind of a b-side thing and then when they start playing it you're like like live you're like this is the best Fuck yeah.
0: Outwardly. It's a fist pumper. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I think we are to the covers section. Nice. The first one we're going to hear uh, on YouTube here, the artist is uh, shown, I guess, is the YouTube channel. S-H-O-N-E. where the replacements. Description is TMBG cover. It has 76 views. Let's get it some more views here, people. Let's give it a listen.
6: Hi, we're the replacements Hi, we the replacements And we're playing in a rock and roll band. We're, having we're having a good time We're having a good time We're having a good time Rock and roll's until the brink of dawn Hey, where's Tommy? Someone find Tommy We're out on the road Moving equipment Where's the equipment? Soon Going home. Then, then we a party. Then. then...
5: Yeah, you really feel like the 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 edges are almost kind of sanded off even, you know, like in a it it feels a little more like a um, almost like you would hear it, which feels very they might be giants like you would hear this version of it as like hold music or something. I don't even (laughs) mean that as a bad thing. I like a lot of music that sounds like hold music.
0: It's sanitized a little bit.
5: Yeah, it's even it's a little even uh, even kind of tighter in in that. Sure.
0: Yeah, it's a. I like it, though. Again, it's one of those things where, like... Me, too. You know, in the modern era... This is from 2015. You know, maybe the keyboards are a MIDI keyboard, where you can, like, lock it in, you know, computer... It's a lot easier to make stuff lock in. Um, but the i love the drum programming on this it's even Mm -hmm. more wild than the original there's like all the sexual shit in there (laughs) totally yeah no i I really like it also i can't make hide nor hair of the video like why is there a little sleeping fox there that keeps popping up and then later what are we there's like an egg or something a person holding a what is that a shell or an egg i don't even know what that is there's some chipmunks doesn't make any sense. It feels like
5: <laughs> the artist is just like, I just like these images. I think they're funny. I think they're cool. It's just like, uh, you know, hard, I'd be hard, hard pressed to disagree. Uh,
0: they might be giants type thing just to kind of throw people off the scent and make them like me try to figure out what is, what it's all about when it's about nothing. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. All right. So click that next link. Let's head over to, uh, this, the band camp. This is, I, I believe, based, uh, I want to say, in Scandinavia somewhere. The the, the band camp is appscaft.bandcamp.com. Let me spell that. A-P-S-K-A-F-T.bandcamp.com. Uh, and it says the name of the band is The Creature That Ate Sheboygan, which is funny because I was in a band for a couple of years called The Dick Cheney That Ate Sheboygan. Uh, but we spell it with a C, so it could be uh, instead of A-C-D-C, it was D-C-A-C so the creature that H. sheboygan playing were the replacements and this is on i believe just a compilation tribute uh presents they might be giants let's check it out (laughs)
6: Smash.
5: Yeah, this is great. I mean, it's very like um, it literally feels like leaning into the like what they were talking about in the interview, the sort of like replaceable nature of it. It feels super like um, this is like literal a computer band that is here to like replace your actual (laughs) band. And it's just being like, do not be afraid. Yeah, this is great.
0: We have murdered the replacements. We are the replacements replacements. Yeah, it's, it's it's fun. And it's they slowed it down, which seems almost counterintuitive, but I like that. Slowing down this rock and roll song. Now, my friend and uh, also uh, a former guest on this show, Peter Gritch, uh, has done a bunch of covers on Mario Paint. Or oh. a Mario Paint emulator. And I love Mario Paint back in the day. Let's listen Me to too. it. Me This was so fun. <laughs> on his YouTube. It's Waymoo. W-A-Y-M-U-U. What an era. I actually had mario
5: paint and this was like what a weird thing to do it's like we have this whole like program or like game basically that's just about it's going to allow you to do like art on your nintendo in a way that you can never like get off of your tv screen which maybe was like an early version of nfts ahead of its time i guess (laughs) and it has a whole composing program within it that was awesome and i would spend a ton of time in and produce nothing but feel (laughs) like i'm you know snes mozart
0: Awesome. I love thinking of it like a, a non-fungible token. The NFT uh so so basically my animations of Mario getting decapitated were unique to only only I got to see <laughs> exactly. them. That's Me right. and my friends. You know, that red spray paint can that really came in handy for the blood <laughs> spatter. <laughs> and one more, this one on Bandcamp. The artist I believe is called Slop Bucket. Slop Bucket The bandcamp though is Candy Van 1 <laughs> It's very sinister sounding Candy Van Candy Van number 1 candyvan Van 1 Bandcamp.com Let's listen to Slop Bucket Do we're the replacements ah! Sounds like it was recorded in the back of a candy van. Super echoey. This one, I think, is the most replacementy of all the covers because it's a little messy. Very messy. Yeah, and it's very just
5: like you slowly realize, like, wait a minute, there's like just one guitar. It's like it's
0: all echo. It's all echo. It's I'm a great. big fan of reverb. I like it. Yeah, but like the singing is the singing is not totally on pitch. But I think, you know, seeing the replacements live and drunk, that it, it, it probably wouldn't be perfectly on pitch either. You know? <laughs> I think, it's, I think
5: it's, it, captures, it captures the spirit. Yes.
0: <laughs> and now I did not warn you of this portion of the show, which I like to do to first-time guests. You need to score this song. Here's how it works. <laughs> oh, you're scoring it within the They Might Be Giants canon. So you're not scoring where the Replacements you know, ag- against Bastards of Young or whatever you're scoring it against other and you're not familiar with the entire catalog and that's fine but against, you know you said anna ing is like would you say that's your favorite they might be giant song oh absolutely okay totally so if that's 10 what are you going to put this at yes from zero to 10 you can use uh decimal points uh you know pitchfork scoring style if you need to
5: I mean, again, against a lot of the other They Might Be Giants songs, I would I would say, you know, it punches above its weight. I would say, you know, I would I would score it at like an eight just because it's got that kind of like a little bit of that, like snotty. They Might Be Giants kind of sound to it, but also the super like locked in part of They Might Be Giants. And it's just a super funny cool interesting concept that's very well executed which i think of as being very very them i think it's maybe only limited by the fact that it but but even that isn't a limitation the fact that it is it feels decidedly minor like they were actively trying to write a b-side which is great too you know i love that and that 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 feels very appropriate for the for the replacements as well so yeah i would say i would say an eight where it's sort of like not pushing all the way through to just like a totemic you know even if i if this was just one of my seven they might be giant songs that i had on my first ipod i wouldn't think oh this is my favorite one mm-hmm. but it would be like a sentimental favorite
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah i love so many of their early b-sides and like I, I when i was talking to you on twitter before i'm like you really should check out some of those early b-sides because it's you know like this miscellaneous t compilation that it was first collected on after being on the don't let start EP. it uh has just the weirdest things like i had a. Uh, Open Mike Eagle on the show, and the best yeah, and he did a song called uh, "Weep Day." Whoo! It is a great, you know. Open Mike Eagle, he's he's a big fan, and he picked a, a deep cut. That's another B side from the same era, which I would highly recommend. And and the the lyrics, it's a Tango Day for Weep Day and Urine Man. And now uh t- for t- there's tambo and urine man and you're like urine man that seems like such a silly you know immature joke for they might be giants it's because the story <laughs> the story is they saw a uh it was a bob dylan record that for some reason on the back it had the word for mr tambourine man it had the word tambourine go onto the s- a different line so it said tambo urine man the word tambourine ah. was broken in tamarin and, and that Amazing. and that inspired a song lyric that they might oh. giants just another another there you, <laughs> you go know. so this song it, it is probably one of my f- favorite of these early b-sides though uh, cuz like i said i thought it was on their first album just cuz the way i heard their first album was through this collection that would just went right into the b-sides and i loved it just as much as rhythm section 1 had or any of those ones that the you know it just went perfectly right out of that first album and I love the lore behind it, the mystery of if it's about them or not. It's just got all those fun they might be giants little little nuggets there. So I am going to go Yeah, I I think I'm going to match you there. I'm going to go 8. It's 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 a solid nice. 8. 8s eights, eights are coveted on this show. I I I'm very stingy about my high scores cuz I've got so <laughs> many I've scored 125 songs already. <laughs> So we're in the plug portion of the show. We've already talked a lot about, about your projects, but if you want to plug your books again, or you said uh you had, you have a podcast that you should tell the people about. Uh so uh tell them. Yeah, I have a
5: um I have, like I said, two books, The Boy You Couldn't Sleep and Never Had To, and and Crap Kingdom. I think uh uh, fans of they might be giants would like them. They're, they're smart. They're funny. They have an emotional, uh, 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 core to them. It's very earnest. Um, and, uh, those are available wherever, wherever books are sold or from online retailers or at the library. And I also read the audiobooks of them. If you like consuming audio product, as I have heard it annoyingly uh, <laughs> called, um, uh just disgusting audio slop
0: (laughs) um it's uh, like a podcast but smarter because it was written first (laughs) (laughs) there you go (laughs) um and i
5: have a podcast of my own called stay for dinner which is about um Uh, home cooking. It's kind of relaxing. I am in the process of finishing the last two episodes of either the first season or the entire podcast. We'll see how that goes. Um, But that is available wherever podcasts are cast and it's kind of uh, relaxing and nice. If you you like this podcast, maybe the open Mike Eagle episode of that podcast would be a good gateway. We had a very fun very wide-ranging uh conversation it's not just about uh cooking and and food it's about a lot of things and 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 as most of the episodes and the interviews tend to be um so check that out it's called stay for dinner and i think those are the main things that that i will plug at this moment.
0: cool cool awesome thanks so much for being on that was that was super fun my pleasure man what a hoot and i apologize for the technical difficulties in the middle there
5: don't even worry about it. Like I said, it was perfect and and it was perfect for the replacements.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the amp fell over. <laughs> and you all can find This Might Be a Podcast at thismightbeapodcast.com. I'm updating it more. It uh, still kind of looks like a Tumblr, but it's a .com, so it's cooler. You can follow us on Tumblr. Speaking of that, uh, Twitter at pod It's a good place to get at me uh this uh email me this might be a pod at gmail and leave me voicemails two two four eight zero one two nine three zero. 801 2930 that number again 801-293-830 224-801-2930 you really like what we're doing and want to support me and all the work i put into this thing like a massive episode where I need to find a bunch of clips from TV uh, uh, for a cool guy I just had on. <laughs> uh, go to Patreon.com/slash This Might Be a Podcast to support the show. Uh, get exclusive episodes. Uh, we recorded a secret, exclusive episode that can't be released by yet. Uh, but we also just put out an episode about John Linnell's 1996 EP, House of Mayors. Also just got magnets. They're a parody of the uh, demo cassette with uh, me and Abby Bash, the artist, as the big-handed Johns. And also, we still got our awesome t-shirts, so patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Hope to see you there. And we'll call it a day there.